Hey, hello everyone. My name is Ray, and welcome back to The Universe Doesn't Owe Me Anything, a podcast, a therapy podcast, if I'm being quite honest. Today, first of all, if you hear more background noise than usual, I was too lazy to go to my usual setup, so it might be a little more noisy, but that's okay because this episode is not as serious as the previous ones, thank God. It's my therapy journey, so no trigger warnings that I know of unless you're triggered by therapy. Yeah, and let's just get right into it. I heard of therapy from YouTube back in the early 2000s. I think I was in middle school, so around 2013-ish is when the beauty gurus on YouTube started popping off, and I don't remember if it was... Sophia Chang, I believe, she doesn't have a channel anymore, or it was Anna Akana years ago. One of them started going to therapy and said, I think everyone should go to therapy along the lines. This is from my memory, mind you. Also, if you hear my voice being kind of weird, I'm just getting over being sick, but One of them said that I think everyone should go to therapy at least once to try and work out. Everyone has problems. Everyone has problems to work out and everyone should go to one therapy session just to see, you know, if they could get help. Something along the lines. They obviously said it more graceful in their video and that kind of like, I've never experienced a stigma of therapy. So when that was the first information that I got about therapy, you know, I was like, yeah, everyone can benefit from helping their mental health, talking about it, you know, getting a professional's opinion. Therapy was never a stigma for me. Honestly, I was really excited to be an adult and be able to pay for at least one therapy session. And then everything happened with my stepdad and I actually had court-appointed therapy. But what had happened was, I was 17 when everything happened and I was a few months away from turning 18. So the person on my case, I don't really know what role she had, but she said that I could either start going to therapy at 17 and then at 18 have to redo all the paperwork and maybe transfer therapists because then I would have an adult therapist than a child therapist once I turned 18 and do all that paperwork and she was like you can either do the process twice or you can wait until you're 18 to start going to therapy for free from you know court and I was like paperwork no I'll just wait till I'm 18 and then you know I turned 18 and I went to college and just so you know kids um (laughs) most Colleges, I'm not sure if all of them do, but most colleges have therapy included into your tuition. So you know how, like, you have meal plans that are included in your tuition if you live on campus. You know, other services are included in your tuition, like the gym or I don't know what campuses have, but therapy is another thing that should be included into your tuition, and I want to advocate, you know, if you're a broke college student, try therapy at your college. I tried it. It didn't work out for me. (laughs) But I don't want to hate on all of them. It was only one experience ever. I never tried to go back after this. 
but I found out that therapy was included in my tuition, so I went to the therapy office at my campus, and it was just not fun. You know, most of the people there are training students, like students who want to become therapists, so they don't have the degree yet or, you know, the years and years of training, and I can't blame them, you know, we're all the same age. Um, obviously they have someone who is experienced training them, but man, was she having a bad day or something. She was... I forget that I make my my podcast explicit. She was a bitch. She was such a bitch. She was either having a bad day and taking it out on everybody. I was desperate. I was having a mental breakdown. I had moved officially out of my mom's house. All my stuff, all everything that I owned except for like a bed and a desk and like furniture was in my dorm room. I had no idea what I was gonna do (laughs) when the summer came. My roommate ended up being a bitch. You know, we got along for a while and you know what? It's not her fault. Not entirely. She could have handled the situation way better, but so could I. Anyway, (laughs) mental breakdown. Horrible. Horrible. I was not functioning. I didn't- the earliest class I think I had was like at noon and that was too early for me. Like, that's horrible. I like waking up early now. But back then, when you're depressed and you don't know that it's depression and anxiety and just a lack of will to live, (laughs) and I don't mean like, like, you want everything to end, but you just had no motivation, no motivation to get up, to study, to socialize, to be a kid, a person, a human being, like, total and complete numbness. So that was the mindset I had going into, like, going to therapy in college, like, on a college campus was my last super desperate attempt to just function like a normal human being. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. She was a bitch. She was a bitch. I didn't give up on therapy. I blamed the person themselves. I was like, what is going on here? You're included in my tuition and you suck. (laughs) So therapy was not completely ruined for me after this experience. Thank God. Um, But I was definitely scared to try again because I was like, what if I pay and they treat me like that? What if I pay and they're taking their bad day out on me? It would terrify me. Anyway, that was back in 2015, 2016, I believe. And then the next time I went to therapy changed my life forever. I was in the longest relationship I've ever had um, and we we were having problems. And I can tell romance, not romance, uh, relationship stories forever, for such a long time. I can make a whole season of a podcast on my relationship experiences, but this one was going south. He threatened that if I don't go to therapy and work out my issues, then we would break up. And I was like, joke's on you. I've been wanting to go to therapy for years anyway, and it just hasn't worked out. (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. You're just pushing me to finally actually do it. Whatever. So I make an appointment with my health insurance and terrified. 
but also angry. This was when I was a little ball of just anger. Such a short fuse would blow up on anyone for anything. But I knew that I needed hope because I it was so much energy being angry all the time over the littlest fucking things. Anyway, I went to my appointment. It was a male therapist, which, you know, would normally be a problem for most victims, I think. You know, most women are just naturally more comfortable with women. But this first official actual therapy session I ever had was the most releasing and freeing experience that I've ever ever had me and that therapist clicked instantly instantly like he just understood me and I think because at the time I was very much in my masculine energy I was very much defensive you know independent easily agitated logical and very realistic you know, that was my mindset, and he understood that, and with humor. We had this, we have the same humor. And I felt so lucky by the end of the session, which was a very vague telling of the first episode, I think. The first and second episode of this podcast. Um, definitely not as detailed as I got into it, um, those first two episodes. But by the end of it, he was like okay, I have a list of female therapists that I think would be a good fit for you. I have a handful of other male therapists that I think could be a good fit for you. But honestly, Ray, I would like to be your therapist. And I was like, yes, please. Oh my god, how lucky am I? My first real therapy session and I found my therapist. The luck ran out. (laughs) Let me just be honest with you. Not with him. There's no problem with that therapist at all. I still absolutely love him. I'm still going to him. However, comma, he was a part of a major hospital? Is it a hospital? Medical company? A very well-known medical company, I guess. And, you know, he he was not an independent person. He didn't have his own... What do you call it? He didn't have his own practice. So, you know, it wasn't really up to him. I went to him for a few years. I started going to him in 2017. So, a couple years between my first attempt in college and my second attempt, you know, pushed by my ex-boyfriend to go. I went from him to from 2017 to I believe 2019. We had a few good years and I oh, skyrocketed in progress. Those years with him, I I don't even remember who I used to be really. All I know was that I, I was angry and violent, but not physically violent towards people, just like smashing things and threatening. And I, I was, I'm nowhere near that person that I vaguely remember. That's for sure. 2017 to 2019, so much progress. So much. However, (laughs) my therapist did not have a choice in the matter and they moved, they moved him to a different department. So I personally could not see him. I believe he has a marriage and family therapy license. So they moved him to more of like group therapies, 
family, couples. And by that time, I mean like I was single. <laughs> by 2018, so yeah, the next year me and that boyfriend broke up. So I was single. I couldn't even drag him to the therapy session so that I could get therapy, you know? They, yeah, transferred him and they said it was going to be temporary. It was because one of his co-workers was on maternity leave. So it's going to be a temporary nine months and he'll be back and I can see him again. And I was like, okay, I've made so much progress. I think I'm mentally stable enough. I've worked on my relationships, mainly the re relationship with my mother. That was a big one because we still live together. Mind you, <laughs> you have to get along with the people that you live with, you know, especially when you're an adult. It just... You can't mentally, emotionally do it. If you're living with someone that you cannot stand, really, you're gonna live a miserable life. Anyway, I fixed my relationship with my mother in 2019, I believe, right before I stopped seeing him or was forced to stop seeing him. And I was like, okay, I can do it. I'm stable enough. I can go nine months. And then the pandemic hit and nine months turned into a year and then another year, <laughs> another year. I went three years without my therapist. Not to say that I didn't try to see other people. I've tried online, obviously, during the pandemic. And it just wasn't for me. It felt like I was FaceTiming a friend, which, you know, some people makes you even more comfortable over just like over the phone. Some people are more comfortable, but I like in person. So that's just like technology wise, I prefer in person, you know, other people prefer over the phone, other people prefer video call. There are multiple ways to get in contact with your therapist now, whichever one makes you more comfortable, do it. They should have um, whatever form of communication you prefer available. And then, okay, I was like, maybe I'll click with a woman more after not being able to see my male therapist, maybe. and. The insurance that I went through, I think they just don't have many mental health resources, so they didn't have a lot of therapists, especially during the pandemic, available. So I went to go see a child therapist, and she had like little toys in the room, and her her office was super cute, but definitely for like children, and she was super duper nice, and she almost, almost got me. She clicked with me like 90%. The 10% was she works with children. So she talked to me like I was a child. I was like 21, 22, 23 at the time. <laughs> and I was like, you can't look at me with pity in your eyes. You can't look at me like, oh, you feel so bad for me. Cause I'm an adult. Like I've been dealing with it technically on my own for almost all my life. Like, I'm not a child. I'm not helpless. You can't look at me. You can't talk to me that way, you know? She responded the way that my male therapist did. However, it's her tone and the way, and I think she just had such a motherly instinct and, you know, she works with children, so I don't think she's ever experienced someone who's so articulate with their feelings that it just it probably hit home way more for her. And this is how I know I can't be a therapist because I'm too empathetic. I'm either way too empathetic and I cry because I feel you 
so personally, I understand exactly how you're feeling, or I'm the exact opposite. I don't understand what you're going through at all, and I'm cold, you know? Like, I don't understand your feelings, so I'm not even going to try to understand. I hate that about myself. I feel so bad for my friends whenever they try to open up to me, and I do my best, but they just know how I am, which is really lovely because they accept me for that way. And they, they know I'm trying. I'm trying really, really hard not to be, you know, a cold bitch or a little crybaby. I'm trying to be the supportive friend that they need. But anyway, <laughs> so I had a couple suggestions with her and I just, I couldn't stand the way that she looked at me with pity. So tried another therapist. Uh, I think she was a lovely Indian woman, but her office was so messy. I don't know why that is a thing for me. It was so distracting watching her papers everywhere her cabinets like half open you know m maybe it works for some people maybe it like humanizes her gets people to like relax more in her office but for me it doesn't feel like she's a professional <laughs> for me oh like if you don't have your shit together how are you gonna help me get my shit together you know anyway <laughs> she also suggested uh religious themed book to help me and I'm not religious and I don't think that they're supposed to do that. You know, she obviously suggested other non-religious books, but she kept pushing the religious one really hard. And I was like, girl, I don't agree with you. <laughs> it's not that I'm hating on her for having a religion, but I'm not, you know, as the professional, you should not push that on other people, I guess. So stop seeing her. There was another guy, um, and I think I mainly did over the phone calls with him, and he talked so much more than I did. He was like, who talks really fast? Why can't I think of a single person who talks fast? There's so many characters. Anyway, I think you guys get the vibe. He talked way more than I did, and I was like, sir, I'm not paying this hour for you to talk about your stuff. You know what I mean? I'll say like a little thing that's bothering me. He'll be like tangent about a story about how he relates, which is like nice. Most of the time, you know, when, when you go to a session and you don't really feel like talking that day, but when you're paying <laughs> for these hours, I want to get used, you know, I don't want to listen to your problems, buddy. So yeah, those three, there might be one more that I'm forgetting, but those three to four-ish maybe therapists that I tried out lasted the whole three years and right when I was about to give up and just like suck it up buttercup journal or, you know, figure it out on your own, I called the insurance company, you know, the, the hospital that I pay the insurance for. I don't know how it works. Anyway, I call them, and every time I call to make an appointment, I ask about the first therapist, the one that I really clicked with, every time I ask about them. And they're like, the last time when I was about to give up and ask for, to try out another therapist, I was like, really quick, how's, how's he doing? Is he still in that department? Is he still there? And they said, oh, actually, he opened up his own practice. And I was like, oh my god, are you serious? Give me his number. So I can I don't care how much it costs. I I have issues, especially at that time when 
I finally got to see him again. Oh my god, so happy. Three years and two of them being pandemic years. Are you kidding? I was struggling. I was just, just out of a situationship that I'm still mourning, if I'm being quite honest. And I, I googled it, I think. I had to google him. I did intense research research for about five minutes outside of like a mod pizza. I found him. I called him. I left a voicemail because it was the weekend. I was like, oh my god, Dr. Da -da 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 -da, please tell me that I can start seeing you again because I'm going crazy here. I'm not finding another therapist that I click with. Please. I will pay anything. Jeez. And yeah, uh, it worked out. I've been seeing him again for a little over a year now. So 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 22, 23. I've been going to therapy for seven years, but four of them have actually been good and productive and and the original therapist that I clicked with. We're working through the root of these problems because, you know, in the beginning we worked on my anger. And by the way, this is why I named the podcast The Universe Doesn't Owe Me Anything. It was the first lesson I learned in therapy. I went in there so angry and so like, why isn't anything working out for me? Haven't I gone through enough? Most of the things that I've gone through weren't my choice. I had no say in the matter. So shouldn't the universe, like, be kind to me now and for the rest of my life? <laughs> Doesn't it owe me something for making multiple bad things happen to me that I, I have no control over? Now, I want to have no control over all the good things that happen to me. I deserve a job. I deserve to meet the love of my life who treat me well. I deserve my for my parents to be punished. I, you know, why isn't anything going my way? And I don't think my therapist outright was like, that's not how it works, sweetie. <laughs> I think it took a while for me to figure out, but eventually I was like, okay, well, maybe the universe didn't really have any control over the bad things that happened to me. But you know what I do have control over? Me, my attitude, the way that I feel, who I interact with. I don't care if they birthed me. I don't care if they raised me, quote unquote. <laughs> if they're not going to treat me like I'm a freaking human being... Why should I treat them any better? And it's not because of some moral code. It's not because of karma. It's, I am their karma. It's like what's trending right now is traumatize them back. I've firmly believed in that always. And it's really, really hard because being an Asian American, like being a minority, I think in general, you're always told to respect your elders, even if they don't respect you. You're always told to suck it up buttercup like you're not allowed to have feelings if you're a minority ever ever so fucking irritating but yeah so I learned that the universe isn't gonna just hand me my dream job the universe isn't just gonna hand me the love of my life the universe isn't just gonna hand me 
whatever I want whenever I want it. I need to work hard for it. And I don't know why. You know, something just clicked all those years ago that, that it's just not how that works, you know? But it's also the universe and I aren't just gonna hand whatever, whoever, whatever they want for me, you know? If my mom, my, my dad, my any relatives want something from me after mistreating me, you're so funny. You're so, so, so funny. I don't care that you're older than me. I don't care if you quote-unquote raised me. What did you raise? You know, I raised myself, and you're fucking welcome I raised my siblings. Because, you know, I, I mentioned in the last episode my mom's the eldest girl, but so am I, okay? It's not a fucking excuse. I don't care what she's gone through, and I understand that my mom's gone through a lot. But that's not an excuse to be a bitch to your daughter, okay? That's do what I'm doing. Like, why am I an example for my mother? You know what I mean? And I know, I know we fixed our relationship-ish. You know, it's, it's, it's a work in progress always. Because every time I praise her, like I did in the last episode, <laughs> every time I praise her is when she pisses me off. And I know we'll get back to being normal again. It's never going to be more it's never gonna be a super close Disney movie mother-daughter relationship ever ever not unless she bucks up and apologizes to me and admits all the things that she's done wrong which she will never do and I understand that because you know that's not how minorities are raised especially the eldest woman in a family you have no feelings you're not allowed you're not allowed to cry you're not allowed to you know be a child when you're the eldest, especially a girl. I don't know why. I don't know why there's a difference between eldest girl and eldest boy, but there is. You're just not allowed to be a child because you have children to take care of. You have your younger siblings to take care of. I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> Let me wrap it up. I, I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. Anyway, being a minority is hard, being a woman is hard, finding your therapist is hard, and realizing that just because the world, the universe, life puts you through shit, the worst shit ever, it doesn't mean that you're going to be handed the life that you've always dreamed of. You still have to work for that. And that fucking sucks, but it's also kind of freeing, like a weight lifted off my shoulders when I was... 18, 19, 20, realizing that it's all up to me. No one can take away whatever I earn. They can't take it away from me. And no one's gonna earn this shit for me. No one's gonna go to an interview and <laughs> for me and I get hired, you know? It's all up to me and that's kind of comforting and that's kind of freeing knowing that you don't technically have to rely on anybody for that at least you know I'm in a place where I want to rely on people I want to count on people and yet it's just horrible horrible timing but that's another episode for people who've gone to therapy once twice a handful of times and it was horrible it was not a fun experience it was overwhelming it gave you more anxiety or made you depressed further because, you know, I've had friends that 
tell me, I encourage them to go to therapy because I've been going so much longer than them. And they come back and they're like, I came and told them about one thing. And they gave me a list of things that were wrong with me. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're not supposed to do that. Please go look for someone else. Therapist is like finding your partner. It's going to take trial and error. You know, I was lucky the first time, but they, they took him away from me. <laughs> Luckily, we found our way back to each other. It's just like, just like having a partner. But obviously, no dating. <laughs> no dating your therapist. And you know, I honestly thought about it. Uh, it's tempting, but no. <laughs> you cannot lose your therapist. Once you find the person that you click with, you cannot lose them. And you can't ruin it by, you know... It's a psychology thing. The person who's emotionally supporting you, obviously you're gonna think about having romantic feelings for them, but um, work through it and push it out. You know, if if the therapist acts on those romantic feelings, that's not a good, they should lose their license, I think. But yeah, if, you know, the first couple therapists don't work out for you, don't give up. Keep on trying. I think for most most places your first session should be free, I think. Don't quote me on that. Just to, you know, match you up with somebody. I think that's how most places work. It's just how mine worked. But, um, yeah. You know, don't give up. Therapy's hard. Therapy's scary. This podcast is my therapy. I'm supposed to be journaling. I'm supposed to be writing letters to these people. And, you know, journaling worked for a few years, I think. It was a part of my morning routine every day. Get up, do my skincare hygiene routine, get dressed, feel ready for the day, go to a cafe, and journal. Because I had so much anger I needed to release and not many people I could talk to, it was the only way I could release my anger was onto paper. Now, now I'm not as angry and I'm just craving human connection and talking into this microphone is the closest thing that I'm gonna get, I think. <laughs> Other than, you know, I've talked to all the people that I'm close to, my friends, I've tried to talk about it with a few family members, and I'm tired, you know? I feel like they're tired even though they're, they're probably not. Actually, they tell me that they're not because they surround myself with kind, understanding, patient people, and I I'm tired of talking about it with them because it's the same thing over and over and over again. Like, I feel like this podcast just is the last time I'm ever going to say it and I'm ready to drop it. You know, sometimes talking about it, even if it's to yourself, helps the most. I don't know if anyone's ever going to listen to this. It's not like I'm great at advertising and media work. But this, instead of journaling, instead of writing the letters, this right now helps me so much because I feel like I'm getting my side of the story out there. I feel like, you know, I've always wanted to tell people this. Sometimes I thought about writing a book or being a public speaker or, you know, I feel like I have a bunch of experience and wisdom that I can share with people and especially when it comes to therapy. I know therapy is so, so scary. Being as vulnerable as I was in the first two episodes is terrifying for a lot of people. It's not natural, I don't think. And right now it's frowned upon. It's trauma dumping. Which, yeah, when someone who is also unstable hears your un instability, like, they can't help you. 
they need to help themselves first. Now they're overthinking, you know, especially if this is someone close to you, they're overthinking, how can I help you? And then they put their problems aside and focus on yours sometimes. You know, it's just a slippery slope. <laughs> so go to a professional who's trained in helping you. <laughs> If you can't afford it, obviously, if you, if it's included in your tuition, take advantage, you know, don't stick with the first person. If you don't vibe with them, you owe them nothing. They are professionals. They're here to help you. That is their job. If they're not helping you, then they're not the one for you. <laughs> so I admire the people who go to therapy and are willing to work through the hard stuff, the painful things the things that'll make you angry, and it might destroy some relationships for a moment, you know? Me and my mom are in a rough patch right now because of the last episode, but I know that she cares and she shows it in different ways, and, you know, if we're never close the way that Disney parents are close, then, you know, that's fine. Before I go on another tangent, just try it out, you know? If you can, if you have the means to go try out therapy, one session won't hurt. Okay, don't quote me on that. One session might hurt because that's not the therapist for you. But just don't give up. It's really, really worth it when you find the therapist that you click with and find different means. Not everyone is the same. If your therapist doesn't realize that, you know, they think journey journaling is the only way, then, you know, it's not for you. A podcast is for you then that's a-okay. Your therapist should be proud of you no matter what, as long as you're trying to help yourself. Anyway, <laughs> I hope everyone feels a little bit safer knowing that you don't have to stick with the first therapist you ever meet unless you really like them because you're paying for their service. And we'll all grow together, hopefully. Anyway, I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>